It's time now for today's edition of Community Conversations. It's the interview program in which we dialogue with voices from the Omaha community. And here's your host for Community Conversations. Let's welcome Cammie Carlisle. This is Becca Jurdy filling in for Ryan O because he's going to be busy bringing us our community conversation today. We're super excited to have Lisa Johnson in the studio with Sheriff Fair. Why don't you take it away, Ryan O? Good afternoon. Thank you, Becca. And this is Community Conversation. I am Ryan O, your host. I know you're all used to hearing the warm, friendly voice of Cammie. She is out right now. She'll be back on Monday. We're, we're looking forward to having her back. But today in studio, we have the very intense, very intimidating Lisa Johnson. Lisa, welcome. Thank you for having me, Ryan. And we've had you a couple of times before. And we love having you back, oh, about once every year or two, and then talking about Sheriff Fair. Uh, full disclosure, I am on the Sheriff Fair board. I am glad to be on there. I think it's a very important program. But there are those listening. We have a lot of new listeners that may not be familiar with it. So before we get to all of this, uh, just because, I, as I mentioned, we've had you a couple of times, Lisa, I would like to take a bit of a deeper dive into Lisa Johnson. So can we start, before we talk about Sheriff Fair, can you tell us about your background, where you're from, and what ultimately brought you to Omaha? Sure. Okay. So I am originally from Wisconsin. I grew up in central Wisconsin in the small town of Marshfield, near Marshfield, Wisconsin. And um, I did my undergraduate degree at the University of Wisconsin-Eau Claire, a master's degree there in education also. And for a long time, I was a middle school English teacher in Chippewa Falls and then went on for my PhD at the University of Minnesota. After finishing that, my husband also, who was doing a PhD at the time, we uh, kind of made an agreement that we would do a national search for jobs, and he landed a job at UNO here in Omaha, and I just tagged along for the ride. And once I got here, um, I secured a job with Methodist Health System and have been working for Nebraska Methodist College um, since that time. So, What do you do for Nebraska Methodist? So I run a federally funded TRIO student support services program, a program for low-income first-generation and disabled students who are trying to make their way through college. And then I'm a faculty member there. I teach a nursing capstone course, and then I run the Methodist Health System's food pantry. Holy cow, you have a lot on your plate. And this is just professionally. This is before we're, we're talking about your family. But give me, if you would, give me kind of an idea of what like a typical day for you would look like. All right. So um, I lo- I'm a morning person. I like to get my day going pretty early. So I usually uh, start my day at work at 6 a.m. And then um, so I, uh, you know, I do a lot with uh, day-to-day kind of almost social work light like work with students. So they'll come to me if they have issues and problems with their classes or outside of school. Lots of um, issues with maybe child navigating childcare or health concerns or uh, mental health issues. And I help them through that. Um, and that's uh, a, so no day in my life is ever the same. Um, and then I, uh, of course, manage this federal large federal grant. And so I do a lot of uh, federal reporting and um, and uh, documentation, and I manage the budget and over-supervise staff and then, uh, of course, do food pantry-related things, so filling orders, and then I teach my course. So I grade papers like a faculty would do and um, 
meet with students, go to a lot of meetings like professionals often do. So that's kind of a day. What does your course entail? Um, My course is actually related to civic engagement and how to become change agents in the community. And so all the students that graduate from Methodist need to do a capstone project where they do research on a public issue. And then they um, need to imagine possible ways of solving the issue. And some students actually go on to uh, live out some of the ways they imagine solving, solving some uh, very relevant current issues in our society, and they go on to put things in place. So in our course, they do a lot of research. They do some presentations on the public issue that they select and and then imagine solutions. So lots about civic engagement and being an active change agent in the world. Got it. Got it. And tell me about the food pantry. So um, Early on in my time with Methodist, I um, just in the population that I work with, many are low income, lots of single moms. And um, one day I encountered a student who had passed out at clinical because she was using um, kind of uh, rationing her food so that she could feed her daughter. And so I started just kind of keeping snacks in my desk drawer at uh, in my office in case students were hungry and didn't have the money or didn't just have access to food that they needed. And Eventually, the need was growing more than what I could kind of house in one drawer in my office. And so we moved into like a couple shelving units and uh, in like 2018. And then it continued to grow to a room. And now it's um, uh, we have a a really nice space uh, uh, on the college campus. And we serve um, this year. We're on track to serve about 4000 individuals in the food pantry. So we partner with Coons commons in downtown Omaha and they help us with food and we have some great community partnerships that help us keep up with the need because the need is pretty substantial. So these are students that would qualify for the food pantry or can anybody be eligible or what does it look like? Yeah, so primarily we serve uh, students on uh, that are enrolled at Methodist and then any Methodist uh, employees across the health system. So it's not just people on campus. It can be people that work at any of the hospitals as well or the clinical sites. My goodness. You know, for a person that is teaching people how to be a change agent, you're leading by being, it sounds like. You're, You're doing quite a bit. Tell me about your family. So uh, outside of work, I'm married to my husband, Jeremy, who is um, a professor at UNO in art education. And then um, we have seven children uh, ranging in age from 18 to seven. So five girls, two boys. And then we have two COVID dogs, our Huskies, Bela and Freya. So we are a very busy family. Good Lord. You know, Lisa, the the thing about you that I've always noticed from day one is that you have a very serene air about you. You never seem to be rattled. You always seem to be very calm and put together and and peaceful. And I'm I'm shocked uh, hearing about your work life, about your home life. Do you have some secret that you do that helps you or are you just good at faking it? Am I just wrong? (laughs) Um, I don't know that my kids would necessarily believe or say that I'm like a super serene, chill person because sometimes I'm not. But um, I um, I don't know. I don't know that I have a secret. I do like to enjoy an occasional glass of wine. I um, am in a book club. And so I in my free time, I read and get together once a month with other people who enjoy reading a good book. And so I... 
I do that, and I, I mean, I usually like to stay up a little bit later than everybody else in my house, so I can at least have like about five, you know, five ten minutes of quiet time. And Doctor Teal is your friend too, right? Oh yeah, that I, definitely. I, I well remember that. <laughs> uh, I, I love Doctor Teal, especially this time of year when it gets colder. Nothing good better than a good old bubble bath. Absolutely, so. totally agree. So, do you want to give anyone in your family a shout out while we're while we're mentioning them? My family. Well, I think that um, a big part of why I can do all that I do is I have a I have a wonderful partner in my husband Jeremy. He's uh, he uh, really is just uh, a support. And even though I'm incredibly busy a lot of the time and always uh, just always thinking about the next thing, or um, you know, last night I was. <laughs> telling him that I had a meeting at nine o'clock at night on Zoom. And he's he's like, oh, my gosh, like you started your day at 530. When are you, you know, when are you going to go to sleep? But he's always on board for those things. And I really appreciate uh, his support always. You know, you and I are on a couple of boards together. We're on Sheriff Air, which we're going to get to in a minute. We're also on the OAB board and the Walter Roberts Manor board. Mm-hmm. So I'm amazed. I mean, outside of work and your family, you seem to donate a lot of your time to other other causes as well. Mm-hmm. I do. I just, um, I feel like um, in the course of my lifetime, I think I've just gotten connected with people and we've, you know, there, we've been in situations where we've needed uh, support of other people. And I think that, and I see the value in being supportive to others in need. And so I think that's just a motivator for me. I, I, when I was growing up, I lived with my grandparents most of my younger life, and they just were incredibly giving um, people who looked for opportunities to make people's lives better. And I think that they instilled that in me, and it's just a passion. I, 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 I feel like when I'm helping others, it doesn't feel like I'm busy. Right, right. Well, I, I, I know that when I go to these board meetings, you're never gone. I, I don't ever remember you missing one or – or being hurried, you know, and you're always very engaged. So it's very impressive. Um, you are the perfect person to be the executive director of Sheriff Air. You see how I did that? <laughs> oh, nice, nice, nice transition. transition. Yeah, well done. <laughs> All right, let's let's get to to the main uh, issue here, and that is Sheriff Air. Can you give us for again? I know a lot of people are already familiar with this program, and I am a member as well as a board member. But um, for those that may not know about Sheriff Air, can you give us? an overview of what we do. Yes. So Sheriff Fair essentially is a is a transportation subsidy program for blind and visually impaired individuals living in the Omaha Metro or Lincoln area as well. And um, through the program, individuals can receive some assistance in covering the cost of transportation, which for those who are visually impaired, we're very familiar with um, the barrier that transportation often creates and the, and the expense that goes along with trying to get where we need to go. And so this program uh, supports individuals who use either the ta- a taxi or who are using a ride share service. Um, and um, it, individuals have to invest some of their own money, um, but Share Affair supports that. So, um, for example... With uh, individuals who prefer to use a taxi service and who use um, Z-Trip, who is the taxi company that we partner with, um, individuals can purchase up to $100 a month 
of cab fare, and share fare will double that. So it's kind of like uh, you invest half, and share fare doubles that uh, doubles that for right. for a, a participant. And those who choose to use Uber and Lyft, um, we reimburse those and those folks after the fact. So they submit receipts, and we reimburse half of the cost of their ride up up to a hundred dollars per month. I am a huge fan of this. As we were talking about before we went, we went on the air, I've just started taking a lot more Uber rides to and from work because it's so convenient. I love the bus system, and I appreciate that we have it, but there's something about getting into a car outside work door and getting um, out of the car again outside of my home door that is so nice, and I don't know if I could do it without share fare. So. Yeah, I agree with that. I also am not only uh, – work in a capacity where I work for the organization of Sheriff Fair, but I'm also a participant as well. And I think there's just something really special about being empowered to go where you want to go when you want to go and not necessarily have to wait for uh, uh, the bus to, and, and the bus doesn't come where I live and it doesn't go to the places where many of us maybe want to go or where we live or work. And so um, I think it's an empowering uh, empowering experience that Sheriff can provide. For that them. is the perfect oh. word for it. Uh, I started using Lyft and Uber in 2014, and I don't think that I am overselling it when I say that it's been life-changing. And I, I used to live in Denver, and I love their transit system. But, man, I, I read um, uh, from a blind lady, and I, sh- I was so struck by it, I shared it on Facebook the other day, a post in which she talks about doing a, a basic uh, morning's worth of errands that would have normally taken about 45 minutes, and it took her over four hours with all the bus stops and transfers and, and such. So it does have its its drawbacks, but of course, I'm not trying to disparage public public transit, but share fare is so important, as you said, it's very empowering to be able to use Ubers and Lyfts and, and cabs and such. Mm-hmm. We hear that a lot from our participants, um, it, whether they're going to work or they're going to. Many of our folks use it to access health care, which is such a critical need for many individuals, and um, or they're pursuing education. And so it's really also, I think our organization is kind of a, a, a vehicle that individuals like literally and sort of figuratively as well can use to uh, look, to open up other opportunities in their lives. How long has uh, Sheriff Fair been in Omaha? So Sheriff Fair, uh, the idea, the concept of Sheriff Fair was born in like 1989. And the Omaha chapter of the American Council of the Blind started kind of doing some research on the need for a program like this. And in 1995, they kicked off like a pilot program to see what how things would work and to figure out some of the logistics of how they could make a program like this come to fruition. In 2008, uh, by that time, they realized that Share Affair had gained enough momentum to become its own 5013C, and so now it's its own nonprofit. And so it's been going strong in Omaha for uh, quite some time now, um, and it, it has gone through some changes in that time and increased the uh, support that it offers the participants, but it's it's been around for a while. Nice transition. I love it because, of course, one of the big reasons you're here is to talk about a lot of the changes, especially uh, since the pandemic. And right before we get to that, I'm just curious. You mentioned taxi cabs. Um, what is the status with those, with the cabs now? Do you still use them? Do, are they still an option? So yes, individuals who choose to use Z, use a taxi, particularly the 
um, the company Z-Trip, which operates in Omaha and Lincoln, uh, you can still do that. And I get calls a lot of times from folks that maybe didn't get out much for the last few years, and they have what we used to use, which were these cab coupons. And uh, they... um, And so I'm here to say that if you are still holding on to some blue cab coupons from years (laughs) ago, those still can be used. They are good. They are just as good and like as if you were paying with cash. So if you've still got those in a drawer somewhere or hanging out, you definitely can still use those to pay for taxi rides on Z Trip. For those of you who are maybe have joined our program recently or who uh, are out there maybe haven't yet but are interested in using taxi service, we've now transitioned to what we call an eye care card system. And essentially, individuals are issued a card that's like a debit card, and we load the funds onto that card. And then when you go to take a taxi ride, you pay with that card, and it acts like a debit card. It only is good with Z-Trip taxis, though. So Gotcha. And, of course, with Lyft and Uber, as you mentioned before, it's just a matter of um, sending the receipts. So what I do, every time I get a, re- a receipt from an Uber or Lyft ride, I just forward it to your to your email address. That's correct. So we have an email address that we specifically use only to receive receipts. And so if you are an Uber Lyft ride uh, user, I I love what, what Ryan does with his receipts because processing his, um, <laughs> his receipts is probably one of the easier ones that I work with in the course of the, over the course of um, when I'm reimbursing receipts. So every time you get a receipt from Uber or Lyft, it usually comes to your email. And what I like to say to individuals is just click forward and send that right on to us and at our email address, which is ridesharing at shareaffair.org. Ridesharing at shareaffair.org. But of course, before you try it, make sure that you're signed up. Go ahead real quick if you would give us your website and phone number. Sure. So our website is shareaffair.org. So pretty easy. Um, And if you go there, um, we have an application online and we have an order. If you're if eventually, once you become a member, that's how you would go about ordering, um, adding money to your iCare card as well. Um, but to become a participant, you need to be ha- you need to have your visual visual impairment certified by a certifying agent, which could be a number of people. So it could be your primary care doctor, or an ophthalmologist, an optometrist, a member of the Sheriff Air Board of Directors can do that for you. If you're working with Voc Rehab or uh, NCBBI or Weigel Williamson, uh, all of those individuals are able to certify your visual impairment. And they do that either by filling, printing a paper form from our website or filling out the online form. And the online form is probably a matter of a five to seven minute application. Very easy to complete. Wow. Yeah. So I didn't, it's kind of a bummer. I'm on the board and I forgot how easy it was to sign up. I had a, a vision of either an eye doctor or a regular doctor or a counselor from the Commission for the Blind. But uh, if I want to help someone sign up, I can be a person that can can 
can recommend them. That is correct. The board of directors just made that decision recently that that um, they would be able to certify uh, a visual impairment. Great. Mm-hmm. Well, Lisa, tell us about all of these updates. We've, you know, as a member of the board, I can say that we've had a lot of changes come down the pike, even just over the past year, let alone two. So, let us know what's new with Sheriff Fair. Yeah, so there have been several changes, um, and I believe changes for the better to help support our participants. So one of the things that I think is most helpful is that um, individuals can be reimbursed or receive sub-support for taxi uh, use up to $100 per month. So for example, you you could put $100 on an iCare card to use Z-Trip and ShareAffair would double that. So you'd actually have $200 to use each month. And for those receive, using rideshare service, you can be reimbursed up to $100 per month or $300 per quarter. And I want to also reiterate that, that those funds roll over. So if you um, load that money onto your iCare card and don't use it all in a month, it rolls over. So you, it, it can continue to accumulate on that card and you can you know bank funds. Um, and there is no limit to how much you can have on that iCare card. The same is true of Z, of those using Uber and Lyft. If, let's say, in January you only take $50 worth of rides, but in February you take $300 worth of rides, um, what we're really looking at is reimbursing up to $300 per quor- on a rolling basis per quarter. So I think that helps with some additional flexibility. So that's one of the changes um, a second change is that Sheriff Fair will reimburse up to $30 per month uh, if, in delivery fees for those of you who maybe are using like a grocery delivery service, uh, maybe you're using Hy-Vee Isles Online or Baker's Delivery or Instacart, Shipped. Uh, any uh, DoorDash, Uber Eats, they even are delivering groceries and pharmacy items these days. And so uh, we will reimburse up to $30 per month in delivery fees. We're not going to pay for your groceries, but we will reimburse <coughs> the delivery fee and like any any like other fees that kind of get attached to those orders. So we would just need you to forward those receipts to that same ride-sharing email address or if you have paper receipts, you can send them to us in the mail. And I know during the pandemic, you used to also reimburse for some food delivery uh, places such as Uber Eats and DoorDash and uh, Grubhub. You don't do that anymore, right? That is correct. So that's one change that we did make um, af- um, recently was that we really wanted to focus on um, making sure that individuals could access those things, those basic needs like grocery items and pharmacy items and not that I'm not a fan of getting a really great meal delivered now and then. I know I am. I know. (laughs) I know Ryan is. Um, But we really wanted to focus on those, uh, making sure that our our participants could access those basic needs and making sure they're getting those pharmacy items or those, uh, you know, household items and and food delivered, but without a hardship of having to figure out how to get there, get back, or having to take on those uh, extra delivery fees. Great. That that was a neat addition you guys made, again, during the pandemic that I've really been appreciative of, because going to a grocery store, I'm not saying you can't do it when you're blind, but it's such a headache getting a shopper assist if it happens to be crowded. 
if there is any kind of a language barrier, communication issues between yourself and the shopper. It's just so much easier doing it online. Oh, so I think this helps facilitate that. I totally agree. And if for those of you who maybe also have kids, like going to a store with kids is oh, just my even extra, so much extra. So I am yeah. totally a fan of delivery. <laughs> All right, so we've got uh, we got the groceries and, and the fair expansions. Any other changes we should know about? So recently, we also added Dodge County as a, into our service area. So those of you who maybe were pre- are living out in Fremont, um, you now would be eligible to uh, apply for uh, and be a participant in Sheriff Air. So that was a recent addition. And um, I also want to clarify something as well, because this has come up a few times for people who are living maybe in Plattsmith and they know that Uber, maybe it's difficult to get an Uber to come there. You still can participate in the program. But um, uh, so there was some questions about, well, Uber doesn't really come here, but I work in Omaha. Can I still use uh, the rideshare aspect of um, share fair, the answer definitely is yes, you can do that. So. Great. Now, is share fair exclusive to the Omaha metro area or are there any other places where it currently exists? So we are not exclusive to just Omaha anymore. So that that we we added Lincoln as an area like right around the time that the pandemic was starting. So I think it's important to remind folks that if you're living in Lincoln, Lancaster County or right around the Lincoln area, you're definitely eligible. And we've had a lot of newer applicants from the Lincoln area. So if you're in that area, you're eligible also, those of you living in, in across the river in Council Bluffs, we also service that area as well. Blair, as I mean, individuals living up in Blair, sign up if you haven't already done so. Any chance that we're going to see Sheriff Air expand even further in Nebraska? Well, that is our hope. Uh, the board of directors is starting to entertain some conversations and explore what that would look like to expand into some of the other bigger cities that are currently not serviced by a program like this. So I'm hoping that we will have news in the coming months or over the next year or so about some additional expansions. Lisa, you're not going to believe this, but we are almost done. We're down to our last three minutes. Are there any other points you'd like to address that we haven't yet talked about? I think it, if I would be remiss if I didn't say that Sheriff Fair is a nonprofit, and so how we are funded is by is through a lot of grant writing, but also donations. So, if you uh, feel so moved as to support this cause, you're able to donate um, through our website, um, and we also participate in in uh, in Giving Tuesday, and then in in Omaha Gives in the spring. Wow! Yeah, I. I always somehow forget we're nonprofit, and we're we're primarily donor funded, correct? Primarily donor, like larger grant from donors funded, gotcha. correct? Yep. Got it, Lisa. Can you give me uh, one more time? Give us your website and the email you mentioned and a phone number, because okay. a lot of our a lot of our listeners may not have access to a computer as much, and it might be easier for them to call. Very good. So here's how to contact us. Our <laughs> phone number is four zero two. Eight two seven nine eight one four. Our mailing address: PO Box six two five three, Omaha, Nebraska six eight one zero six. And for general questions, you can email either one of these addresses: info at shareaffair.org or program 
coordinator at shareaffair.org. So there's multiple ways that you can reach us. And that's FAIR, F-A-R-E. F-A-R-E. That's correct. And then our website, one more time, shareaffair.org. Excellent. Lisa, thank you so much for giving us your time today and talking to us about yourself and about ShareAffair. Thanks for having me, Ryan. This (laughs) was fun. Wow. This is the first time I'm choking up here. This is Ryan O with Community Conversations talking to Lisa Johnson on the Radio Talking Book Network. Thank you so much for tuning in. Everyone have a great weekend. And we're going to kick it back over to Beth in the control room. You've been listening to Community Conversations on Radio Talking Book. It's the interview program that brings you voices from the Omaha community. The Radio Talking Book Network is brought to you with the cooperation of KIOS-FM in Omaha and statewide through the facilities of NET Radio and Television. We've been proudly serving our blind and visually impaired listeners for 46 years. Thank you for being a loyal Radio Talking Book listener and supporter.